rolling. Welcome back to the Catch This Guy podcast. This is your host, Sweet Tea, and Dick Francisco is joining me this week to discuss cultural appropriation and how it ties into this whole Will Smith, Chris Rock scenario. You may find us on Instagram by searching for the Dick Francisco or on Twitter at I'm Dick Francisco. I'm on Twitter at CTS Terry or anywhere that you listen to podcasts or Instagram, Facebook, YouTube by searching for the Catch the Sky podcast. Be sure to like, subscribe, share. Be sure to share it with your minister, your drug dealer, your pizza delivery driver. People with a lot of connections, you know, that interact with a lot of other people. That's, yeah, we're trying what to spread the word. What if those people are all the same person in my life? My minister is my drug dealer, is my pizza delivery man. We'll save that for another episode. I mean, he's probably got a, a, a pretty big uh, client base, right? Look, they had to assimilate. Wait, we haven't gotten there yet. Uh-oh. Is that my cue to commun- <laughs> to explain? <laughs> So let's <laughs> to begin. define some terms tonight. Yeah, I guess this week we want to begin with describing, defining what cultural appropriation is, since it's a pretty hot topic. Pretty controversial, T. Are we going to get canceled for this? No, we're not popular enough to get canceled. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like not being popular, right? We can talk about whatever we want. Right. <laughs> So let's start there. Let's define cultural appropriation. Okay. So I think in order to define cultural appropriation, I think we have to first define a couple other things. And I think the first one is acculturation. You were teaching me about acculturation earlier and this concept of when cultures integrate or meld together, it's acculturation. Right. So that comes in lots of forms. Um, Mm -hmm. It can be integrating, like I said, a balancing of cultures where there's, you know, some some joint. Everyone's learning from each other and gaining from each other's culture. There's the assimilation concept. Right. I immediately have a negative connotation to that of people saying speak English when you're in this country kind of thing. But when you think about integration, you know, I here in in the valley, you know, not far from the Mexican border. And the reality is, is. You know, speaking Spanish, man, you'll get way better Mexican food if you can speak Spanish. And so it is um, it's more of an integration when you think of the acculturation that is taking place here of a mix of cultures coming together. Mm -hmm. So that's acculturation. Right. So then when do you cross the line into what is cultural appropriation? And my understanding of the definition of that is when a majority group takes elements from a minority group's culture and exploits them, disrespects them, or just generally adopts them and uses them without a consideration or appreciation for where they took those elements from. So like not only in a superficial way, but in a disrespectful way is suddenly when we're culturally appropriating something. Would you say fetishizing? 
I would say fetishizing, right? So when you start thinking about that throwback superficiality, the robot, go listen to it. All about <laughs> fetishes. But my my struggle then, and we've talked about this, I think, on this show before, at least I know I have, when it's come to, say, um, the Me Too movement, is when do we go too far with any of these um, concerns we have and actually tip the scales in an unhealthy way where suddenly everything is deemed cultural appropriation and everything is politically incorrect and we lose our opportunity or ability to actually then appreciate each other in what we would consider cultural appreciation like do I have to integrate into a culture to be able to culturally appreciate it and gain from another culture new experiences that make me a more global person and vice versa from culture to culture and so I think cultural appropriation is real I think it happens but do I think every time a finger is pointed at someone who's being considered, you know, a you know a, a violator of this and doing what would be considered cultural appropriation, is that always what they're doing? Like Token's dad in the most recent episode of South Park, the St. <laughs> Patrick's Day episode, where he is taking the quote-unquote white people's holiday, according to Randy. <laughs> right? Genius, ridiculous. right? They're just always on topic, though, right? Well, yeah, because you think about it, St. Patrick's Day is such a great example of a holiday that literally everyone and anyone gets to use as an excuse to go drink, especially on a weekday when it lands on a Thursday like it did this year, right? And there is no question about whether you are Irish or not and you are, you know, celebrating this holiday. Well, Randy had some questions. I mean, other than <laughs> other than woke Randy on on South Park. Also, the funny thing about that episode was it was also about utilizing the holiday as a as a promotional event to right. build business, right? <laughs> and so, when you think about the way that holidays are used by businesses, is that appropriation? You know, there's a benefit, there's an exploitation taking place, and that's literally what was happening was the holiday was being used to and exploited to have an event and build business. Wait, you mean that Coca-Cola's Twitter profile picture isn't always a rainbow flag with the Coca-Cola <laughs> right. symbol on it? Well, we- so then, so this brings me to a really interesting question, T, is beyond like cultural appropriation cultural appropriation seems so very very specific to this concept of culture and what is then the definition of culture and i'm not here to answer that because we immediately think of it from an ethnic perspective i got i this is actually a conversation i had with somebody just the other day is like when i was asked my ethnicity it was i had to clarify or it was clarified to me this is more what you identify with culturally, not your race. Yeah. Well, race, ethnicity, and nationality are all three different things. Mm-hmm. And so, like, se- separate classifications, literally. Right. Yeah. And so, when we say cultural appropriation, and you bring up a great point with the rain- rainbow flag being a symbol of the LGBTQ. Um, I know there's some other letters that I am not going to get right if I try. They're going to throw in like, the whole alphabet at this point. But but I but again, I can appreciate that and learn about that and understand that. But it's more important that I do that than just wave a rainbow flag because I can sell some Coca-Cola doing it, right? And so 
is that cultural appropriation? Because I don't hear anybody using the term cultural appropriation for that or cultural appreciation for that. And so I'm trying to understand what if cultural appropriation is very specific to taking from, again, ethnic cultures because that seems to be where you're seeing that happen when women who are of a particular complexion uh end up getting their hair braided cultural appropriation or when i think beyonce got in trouble for this she was wearing some headgear and an outfit that was from an indian culture and she's not indian um bruno mars got in trouble for cultural appropriation for stealing funk <laughs> funk music because he's not actually black he's puerto rican and filipino and jewish <laughs> and he's real damn good at it and so at what point is he showing appreciation or is he exploiting and capitalizing and taking advantage of and taking away if you will from the culture that he's participating in at that point it to me is such an interesting dilemma right because at the end of the day like you don't have to like his art right sure but food i think food is such another really interesting one i say this only living here you know in the arizona you know in phoenix valley that and this is just a, this is a fact in many yeah, many restaurants like sushi burritos yeah, yeah, yeah. But and so that would be more that acculturation, right? So shout out to Chino Bandito. That can be our small business of the of the, of the week mm-hmm. is they're a fusion between Asian cuisine and Mexican cuisine. And they've they're huge out here because of it and super popular. But ultimately, a lot of restaurants, no matter what type of cuisine is being made there, if you go into the back kitchens and who is cooking in those kitchens, a lot of times it's a Latino population it's it's Hispanics and awesome they're great cooks regardless of the type of food they're being asked to cook what's that I said South American is no not always South American well like isn't Hispanic and Latino would that not be also classified as South American is the proper nomenclature dude well, so here, not necessarily, I don't think that's true. No, 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 because the Latino population doesn't have to come from South America. Mexico isn't South America. I just wanted Mexico to, is Central I, I, America. I just had to make a uh, Big Lebowski reference. Oh, got it. That's not the preferred nomenclature. Noted. But when you think about, when you think about that, though, is anyone accusing the cooks in the kitchen who are just making a living of cultural appropriation because you've got, you know, a Hispanic population that works at the Chinese food restaurant, right? Like, they're they're line cooks. They've been taught how to make fried rice and they're freaking great at it. So is that cultural appropriation that they're doing that? And so I think this is where... Or what did I hear? Gordon Ramsay, is he allowed to, you know, make Mexican food because he's not Mexican? Bobby Flay. Bobby Flay loves making himself some Tex-Mex, right? And so I just, I'm, I'm curious at what stage, you know, do we need to be concerned about the exploitation or capitalization of a majority culture capitalizing on adoption of cultural elements from a minority group? It sounds bad when I say those words, that concept of exploitation or capitalization but if we don't do that don't we risk just like homogeneity if we have to just stay in our own little box of our own culture i guess people are scared to lose their history 
Yeah, I don't know. Their legacy, the- they're proud of what makes them different from other people. And just a Is- side note, there's also, uh, I think there was a Food Network show or whatever called What Would Brian Boitano Make or What Would Brian Boitano Cook? And he's the <laughs> Canadian figure skater from uh, yeah that was made famous by by South Park as well. <laughs> I mean, Brian Boitano was not made famous by South Park as a figure skater myself. He was way famous before that. Well, however, well, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's that's how I got introduced. To yeah, him. those were fighting words right there, T. All of a sudden, don't don't culturally appropriate me from Minnesota but, and figure skating. But, okay, but but the show was called What Would Brian Boitano Cook or whatever, and that was yeah. that was directly because. Because of what would Brian Boitano do, which was made famous in South Park. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Is this where I do cool story, bro? We can agree Anyways. to disagree. But <laughs> so I think, yeah, it, it, it's important to definitely it, it, where where's the line? I guess. Can we draw a line? Can it let's let's try to so make that the goal if, for this episode. Let's see if we can draw a line. If I were to draw a line between if I were to draw a line between cultural appropriation and cultural appreciation, I think it has to me everything to do with a food. <laughs> no. <laughs> with an under well, and food's a great way of doing that is an understanding. Of like the person that is appreciating or is in the position of appreciating another culture is an understanding. So there is an element of knowledge seeking that took place, right? And understanding of that cultural element and that minority group and even what that element means to that culture in order to adopt it. And secondarily, the person that is adopting those elements from that culture has to have an actual appreciation for that minority group too. And I only say that because some of the things that we see are, uh, and historically is actually taking elements from a culture that we at the same time are intentionally marginalizing. And so it's that idea of shunning a culture and, you know, either segregating them or racially profiling them or, you know, the things that we can do to a minority group while at the same time taking things from their culture. So that's almost like a raping of a culture, right? So that's definitely appropriation is that you have to have an appreciation for the group that you're actually adopting these elements from and then understand what the element means to that group. So may I use an example? Yes. A, f- a food example too. This okay. is something that popped into my head, and so say I go to an Asian restaurant. Yes. And I want them to prepare food for me. Yes. And classically, they will prepare the food in maybe a uh, a peanut oil or something that is culturally significant to them it's it's something maybe you know it's a maybe it's a brand that they get back from their where where their family comes from you know maybe their Mm -hmm. maybe their homeland maybe they're immigrants right and so this is something that maybe a family member makes this brand maybe makes this peanut oil and so they're they're supporting their their own local culture right yeah yeah well what if i were to 
maybe come into the restaurant and say, you know, I like your food, but I don't like the oil. I want you to use my oil. <laughs> yeah. Is this appropriation? Well, so I think back to that line we're drawing. That's what I'm saying. It, I feel like this is a... It has everything to like, do with how how the dialogue goes. So to like approach it, which is, is this acculturation though, where that person that maybe isn't interested in seed oils and legume oils because they're bad for you is suggesting, I really want to appreciate the culinary aspect of the type of food that you make. And I want to uh, integrate with your culture. Would you be interested in integrating a little bit with my culture as well? And I will be a lifelong customer every Friday um, at your restaurant if you were able to try my oil that I supply to you so you don't even have to buy it on your own because avocado oil is better for you. So that is different than, I think, walking into a place and saying you have to do this, right? That approach might be different. Right, right, right. So there's some opportunity to, to mix there. To have a so I think that was a I think that completely hypothetical never happened before scenario but you know it could somewhere in the world be happening on Fridays would be acculturation right but could easily cross over into cultural appropriation if said individual walked into said Asian restaurant and immediately just started saying you know as the person who's the customer here, you need to be cooking with this, you know, in order to get my business. Like, whoa. I don't even know if that's cultural appropriation or just attempting a, an attempt at colonialism. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that's taking straight over colonialism. This I'm now. taking over this restaurant. I'm the captain now. <laughs> I'm the captain now, and here's my oils you must use. <laughs> that seems a little more colonial from my family's You're avocado stock farm. You're going to my oils now, bitch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that feels more like colonialism <laughs> at that point, which is my understanding in our hypothetical situation, not what's happening. You're going to cook but all your customers shit in my and that's now. yeah see and that's where <laughs> so i'm not even sure that lands in appropriation <laughs> per se um We're what would be though perhaps over. here's where appropriation might happen is if there's a little storefront right next to said asian restaurant and you go you know what i'm gonna go open my asian restaurant right there and make the exact same food you do and i'm gonna use my oil and i'm gonna have deals on chinese new year hmm? Maybe that's appropriation. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Jesus. I'm not sure. See, I'm still confused about it. But I do think at its very basic level that an appreciation has to come with not only an appreciation, you know, for the element itself, but that knowledge, you know, seeking of understanding the element of that culture that you're adopting it from to really understand it. And then from an adoption standpoint, you know, the more we can expand our horizons why wouldn't we because homogeneity hasn't gotten us very far in, in history um at least in my experience so but this all comes back to tea woke culture man when it goes too far and then i think woke culture makes people angry so here is a question that i have for you I have been accused of listening to shitty rap music that is created by a white artist. Is this cultural mm -hmm. appropriation? 
Yeah. So this is, I guess this comes back to let's use our criteria, right? Because I know, you know, the likes of Eminem and gosh, I don't know, I'm thinking like what Macklemore and even the Beastie Boys, you know, think, you know, different artists like that. Leaving that one off of have, there. I'm, you know, I am aware. I'm, I'm old, <laughs> T. I'm old. They, the ones who blazed fought the trail. for our right to party. Yeah, fought for the right to party. Yeah, so when you think about it, immediately they could be accused, and they have been accused of cultural appropriation, just like I said that Bruno Mars had been accused, too, of cultural appropriation since he's not black. Mm-hmm. He's Puerto Rican and Filipino and nailing it on the, you know, funk and R&B side. And again, our criteria was, are you appreciating the culture, understanding where the culture comes from, embracing it and, you know, doing your best to participate versus exploiting it or stereotyping it? I think where this gets really difficult is these folks are making money, right? You guys will remember back to whichever our only fans episode was. not making much money off of fucking Uptown Funk, I'll tell you that much. (laughs) But nonetheless, the guy's making a lot of money, right? Just like Eminem has and successful white artists who have gotten into the hip-hop game. And I would say that... What about Elvis? And Elvis was accused of cultural appropriation as well, absolutely, for that Yeah, I was going to say, not just hip-hop artists. And so does the question then become... Do these artists help elevate the music and make get it more popular and more attention? Or does it take away from it? So back to our OnlyFans episode where I was all worked up about, uh, who is it, Bella Thorne, going on OnlyFans and suddenly taking away and making millions of dollars and taking away attention from the actual sex workers who were willing to take their clothes off. Bella was on there not taking her clothes off and just stealing, you know, some, some limelight. Is that exploitation or was there an appreciation for the format and everyone else that was on there? Could she have helped elevate those other sex workers on there maybe better? And then maybe I would have had more appreciation and so would they. Is that from a hip-hop music standpoint, are, are white artists embracing and you know doing the acculturation thing or are they exploiting it, capitalizing on it and taking away from? And I guess I can't really answer that question. You know, they'd have to open their books, but it's one that... Do you really need to open a book or do you just need to go to... The books. Without Me by Eminem. I am the worst (laughs) thing since Elvis Presley to do black music so selfishly and Uh use it to get myself wealthy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but, But again... If we acknowledge then that there used to be a statistic out there that I could pull up if I wanted to about white suburban kids being the largest, uh, and I won't say listener of hip hop music, black hip hop music specifically, but hip hop music in general, but they certainly were spending the most money on it. So if you start to think about this concept of what role the white kid from the suburbs played and how you made hip hop music accessible to them, do we not have to acknowledge that some of that is acculturation that has taken place, that they might have the ability to learn to appreciate it from a culture standpoint and get exposed to it versus us siloizing culture and going hip hop music is only for black people to make and black people to listen to. And no different than I think country music is such an interesting one because if you travel the roots back, like you follow the roots of country music back, 
you will acknowledge that country music from a very, very grassroots, pun intended, start isn't white country cowboy music solely. And so it comes from a lot of different places, including an influence from black people and African-Americans and which are both the same thing. I don't know why we keep saying that. And so I think that we're trying to be the least offensive. So we just I know. Do you feel us? And this is the problem. We try to be least offensive and it makes us just awkward. And I think that's part of this problem. That's part of the problem. Is there an awkward sound button? I wish I had an awkward sound button. Awkward air horn. Like we do have that. We have we have a punch in the face. Awkward punch in the face. Ooh, ow. Shoot. Yeah, that one's weird. Otherwise, Super every awkward. time we're offensive, right? Super That's awkward. not too much. Super awkward. That's what we should have used for the herpes counter. Yeah. So I think that would be what my answer to you would be is I think we're still limiting ourselves too much. Music in and of itself is creative. It is art. It is to be expressed and received by people. And I think that is where... I hope that we don't get too stuck ever in, we can ask the questions and we should be, but get too stuck in siloizing who should be allowed to make what type of music and who should be allowed to listen to it. That's my two cents. Well, that's, I got a question. What's, what side of the line are we on here? I've, uh, uh, hmm. Recently watched the first episode of the long, long, long awaited Halo series. This was first announced back in 2013, I believe. And they're just now releasing it. So to give you an idea of how long fans have been waiting. Yeah, for for something like this. That's a long wait. Yeah. And the original game came out in 2001. So they announced a series in 2013, 12 years after and then we didn't get the release until nine years after that. Okay. And what's your beef now with it? Um, I know you got beef. There's a number of things I have beef with. We can start with the fact that they show Chief's face, and that's not canon. It doesn't. It doesn't match up with the description in the books. But, but in 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 regards to this episode, they made two major characters from the games and the books african-american and i just wonder what would happen if they cast gunnery sergeant avery johnson as a white character how that would go over because this isn't a series that has necessarily struggled with black or african-american representation you've got as I mentioned, you Sergeant Johnson. There is the voice of the Arbiter, which is obviously a beloved character. There is the pilot from the first game. Um, God damn it, Fohammer. And Agent Locke in Halo 5 was like one of the protagonists. You played half the game as him, if not more. So, so- as a non- Halo, I wouldn't even say fan anything. Right. I, I don't know anything about Halo. So let me help break this down so I understand what, what's happening here. The show that came out that is intended to to some degree mimic or, you know, be a show that is 
representative of the game. Mm-hmm. And so the characters and all of that, you're saying that for some of those characters that were in the game itself, Caucasian or white people have mm-hmm. been cast as black people. However, mm-hmm. the black characters have also definitely been cast as black. And well, we're not sure yet because I don't think we've oh, met you them. haven't gotten that far. We, we, we haven't met them, but I'm going to assume that they're going to But we're going to assume because if you were to take roles away from minorities that already struggle to get representation in Hollywood, obviously there's backlash for that these days. And understandably so. Understandably so. I think your question then is what is the need to change from a racial makeup the white characters and also make them black understanding that there has been an opportunity for black people to be cast in this show. And I think it's, you know, it's such an interesting question. I don't have an answer to it, but I know it as a, as a female as well. It, it's always fascinating to me when, you know, I, I struggle with this even personally. Cause of, I know whitewashing is a thing. I'm not. Yeah. 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 Whitewashing is a hundred percent a thing. So, so I, is, I'm, I'm not you know, saying that we should be doing that. I'm just wondering. No, I, I hear you. That's why. where I'm trying to talk this. I'm trying to talk this out, which yeah, is yeah, yeah. systemic, anything, whether it's racism, sexism, all of those things exist systemically, which can sneak up on us. And I don't say that out of, you know, naivety. I say it out of when it's systemic, it's real. And so I've struggled with that as a female at, at those points where. Tell me if know, I'm being racist. Back to him. Back this is a to, new segment. <laughs> back to South Park when South Park is making the jokes about token as a token black person, you know, you and women token? being put in that same position of casting us or utilizing us or giving us opportunity just because we're women. And at what point have we crossed over and done a disservice? Well, at the same time, representation becomes very, very important because if we aren't seeing representation, it's very easy for representation not to happen. And so, yeah, I, I think it's a really valid question for this particular show in, in that idea of we definitely know that it would be frowned upon and not okay if roles that are mimicking the game that are played by black individuals wasn't the same case for the the movie or the show rather but it is okay to take a majority ethnic group like white people caucasians and cast them in different ethnic minorities instead and so um it's a it's fascinating to me and again we keep wanting to draw these lines and we keep going when should we draw that line and when shouldn't we and I always wonder, is it best intended? I think I'm all about intentions. And is the intention of the people who put together Halo to specifically check a box and make sure there's more representation, not saying that's a wrong thing to do, but is that the intention or was it, this was the best person and the best actor to play this role beyond what you were expecting to visually see? Because then that's on us. We have to also be able to break out of our physical visual confines and be able to see other people do these things like women being yes women being ghostbusters right ghostbusters in my life have always been dudes right we know those dudes dan Aykroyd, bill murray what was the other one why can't i remember the third ghostbuster guy he was the honey i blew up the kids no 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 he was the fifth he was he was the he was the he was like the honorary member in Ghostbusters 2. Am I way too. off on this? No, 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 because he suits up in Ghostbusters 2, remember? And he blasts the museum oh, from the outside. And yeah, everybody yeah, thinks yeah. he's the hero, but the Ghostbusters are really That's doing work right. on the inside. They're oh, doing Rick all- Moranis. Rick yeah. Moranis is yeah, who I'm thinking of. Yeah, he's the gatekeeper. 
Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. So Bill master. Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Rick Moranis, and Harold. Harold. <laughs> nope, not that guy. Who's the other one? Um. Anyways, you said Harold Ramis, Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, but Harold Ramis wasn't one of the one of the Ghostbusters. Yeah, he was. Wasn't, yeah, he was. Really? He played Egon. Remember? Oh yeah, yeah. Either way, I wasn't even born. Neither of us were. Um, when that movie came out, the original. Nonetheless, Ghostbusters were always dudes, and then. Along comes this reality that everyone should have access and, you know, opportunity. And so the remake of Ghostbusters, I'm pretty sure it was a remake, right? With with ladies came along. And I'm not going to hate at all on, on the concept of it. I always just want to understand the intent. And is the intention just to prove that women are getting more opportunity just like ethnic minorities are getting more opportunity and to be able to see people in these roles. So is this for future generations and breaking glass ceilings and such? And again, I can completely understand that, but I also want to make sure we maintain those balanced scales because I think we have seen what happens when this concept of, I don't even like the word woke anymore, but the concept of woke culture or political correctness or any of these movements get imbalanced imbalance isn't helping any of us ernie hudson was the fourth ghostbuster uh, just uh-huh. so we're uh-huh. being there it is making sure that we're including everybody here everyone needs to get included <laughs> that, yes that's important um, yeah safe would have called us out on that one. Oh god uh, but no i i mean in all honesty because again as a female the worst thing that in my opinion and as a as a minority female at that like I'm I'm a, a mixed mutt over here when it comes to my ethnicity. And so from a representation across the board of various things, the worst thing to me is when a box is checked just to check the box. So if it's just about making sure that there was a black actor in there, making sure that there was a woman that got put in a leadership role or making sure is if it's not quality though and it isn't right, like it doesn't work, then you've only done more of a disservice to me as a female or you know my culture if it didn't pan out and it was just a box check. And so that's always where I get a little concerned about the concept of wokeness or the concept of political correctness of if it's just for the sake of doing that, how is that any different than the superficiality of cultural appropriation on the other side of it? Keeping in line with South Park, yeah. um, the ginger population should feel slighted because since we've already fucking unmasked Master Chief John 117 in the first fucking episode, like, I don't think you understand how upset I am about this. I think I do. No, like, I've I'm heard so much about pissed off about like gingers being bullshit. disenfranchised okay so that's another group though this all right so this is the reason why gingers tie in is because master chief is as described in the books a ginger or yeah. a red-headed um individual very pale right. and his paleness also is a result of wearing a suit basically 24 7 but in line with that why are we why are we taking his mask off like I said, the first game came out in 2001. It is now yeah, 2022. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to answer this for you. Too, it is but 2022. I can say. We went we went 21 years. 21 I years understand. without you don't need to know who's under the mask. You right, you are now, the man behind the mask. 
understood. But back to cultural appropriation, the reality is, is do we believe then that this was a disservice to the gingers? And I agree with you that it is. This was a disservice to to everybody. This was just a disservice to humanity. That we took role. I can't stand for this. That we took Do roles we have a sound away. Bite? Is there is there some sort of sound? I'm that not you touching can play? that board right now <laughs> because I am trying to make a point about how gingers land in that minority group who are marginalized, and there aren't a ton of them as actors who, when there's a role for them, should be used right Master for Chief. that. Yeah, I'm just saying. Well, there it and was. So I if think, you're going to take it off, there's there's there, you could have done it right there, and there you go. You could have represented. And them so too. there are a lot, I think, of these realities that we see play out and and I'm still torn on it because I also like our ability to be flexible and see different people in different roles that aren't how our brains maybe have understood it traditionally whether it was from a book or whether it was from a previous movie that was made in the 80s and is a remake but I just also want to make sure that we're doing it for all the right reasons because I think that's where we talked about cultural appropriation versus cultural appreciation has everything to do with intent. It always comes back to intent. And so this is where I think sometimes woke culture, to keep calling it that, or, you know, people who are overly sensitive to, you know, the changes in society or is being as open as possible, actually find themselves conflicted, find themselves angry and find themselves trying too hard to accept some of these things because intent matters and if you're just trying to check that box I think to me this comes back to I think you opened the show with um the situation that happened at the Oscars with Will Smith and what's got that guy all wrapped around an axle and I would argue I would argue he has gone so far down that road potentially of he's got to protect his women trying to I think he's been trying so hard to be that open woke as possible I don't even know what lady's honor but I don't think that's what was happening there I don't think it was to defend his lady's honor what happened there I think he is frustrated I think he's living in a society as a character in all honesty that is supposed to just be as accepting and open of everything as possible and maybe he's not maybe he's conflicted because we're not allowed to be conflicted he's trying to live as politically correct as possible and he flipped his top man like he hit his tipping point and i think that's what i saw happen and then he excused it with i was just being my character, like my character from the King Richard movie with, you know, Serena and Venus Williams, him playing their father was, you know, him just trying to protect his family. And he was suggesting that he was showing love in many ways and protecting his family. But I think he's suffering from some serious frustration of trying to live a life that is too open and accepting. And is this I know that sounds, I know that sounds controversial, but the Me Too movement. So I won't even say me too, but sure. So one of the things that has been pretty prevalent with Will Smith and his wife, Jada Pinkett Smith. So for anybody that doesn't know what happened at the Oscars on Sunday, Chris Rock was presenting an award and Will Smith was sitting up front along with his wife, Jada Pinkett Smith. And the reason he was sitting up front is because he was up for an Oscar for best actor for King Richard. And Will Smith was sitting there all happy. Chris Rock makes a joke about Jada Pinkett Smith's hair. Lack thereof. And suggest that she's getting ready for a G.I. Jane role. And 
Will Smith laughs. The camera is on Will Smith. He laughs at this joke. Camera pans back to Chris Rock. And it is clear that Jada did not appreciate the joke. And somewhere in there in a very, very brief period of time, Will is compelled to walk up on stage and physically assault Chris Rock and slap him across the face. Yeah, Jesus. And then, and then further yell to him to keep his wife's name out of his fucking mouth. Oh, can Twice. I say it? Can I say it? Yeah, sure. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. Right. So that is what, that was a really good one too. So that's what Will Smith says to Chris Rock. Chris Rock handles it like a pro because you can clearly tell it's not staged, but you can see that Will Smith is visibly shaken even by his own behavior. And so you're trying to figure out what happened here because it is not as if a single joke that hasn't been made before and couldn't have been made by anybody else was really the, the, the trigger here. And, and he rather, could have said so much other shit based oh, on sure. the open relationship note that you just well, and so that's on. That's where I'm going to is this seemed to be Will Smith's tipping point, which was when there's a built up, you know, reality of being so accepting and having to accept, accept so much. And all of a sudden, this is the moment you acknowledge that it isn't about this. And so something that's been pretty, you know, out in the public and out in the open about, um, Will and Jada's relationship has been that they have an open marriage, but is it really? And, you know, Will Smith has talked about it in other, you know, arenas that Jada came into that relationship, you know, always being non-traditional and Will was not that way. And so it took a lot for them to create this type of relationship. And was he really prepared to have an open relationship, especially out in the public where the reality is, is that some of those endeavors that have taken place or other relationships that specifically Jada's had outside of their marriage have been made very, very public. And Will has consistently been put in the spotlight to accept that because if he doesn't, he's not as woke as he said he was, right? Mm -hmm. And so at what point does he have his breaking point because wokeness got the best of us? That checking too many boxes and trying too hard to be everything and be as liberal as possible has gotten him to a point where he was just angry and lost his mind. Now, I'm not trying to say I know exactly why it happened. I'm just saying the guy has caught a lot and a lot of shit for a long time. He was at the BAFTAs recently winning Best Actor as well, I think. And I think it was um, Rumor Wilson. I think she was hosting the British um, Awards. Rebel Wilson. Rebel, there it was. Rumor, what did I say? I like Rumor Wilson. <laughs> oh, who's Rumor? Rumor is um, Willis. Rumor Willis is like, what's his face? His daughter. Anyways, um, Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis's daughter is Rumor Willis. Anyways, whoever this comedian chick is that was hosting, she made the joke when he either won the award or was nominated for the award. And she said, oh, I thought Will's best acting um, job over the last year was being okay with his wife, you know, fucking another kid that's the same age as their son. And, uh, and I thought it was Jesus. a funny joke. And so, but like, if you think about it, this is constantly what he's hearing over the last several years of this being kind of in the spotlight of his life. Yeah. And so I just bring it back again to when we start talking about cultural appropriation and cultural appreciation and all of these things that when we go too far with them, right, where is our structure and our balance that allows us to still have some level of centering of self? I feel like Will Smith lost it, man. I feel like he's lost that. That sucks for him. 
Oh, yeah, you think he lost it? <laughs> well, I just think, you know, I think we get put under so much pressure in him intensely because of his role societally as a, you know, as the figure that he is, as a movie star, as a black man, as all of these things, to have to be as woke as possible and as, you know, all of those things. Man, look at what happens, right? Rome had Again, the best fucking question. Where we're was not worried security? about getting canceled because we don't have to hear about anything. But you know, like, but he could get canceled, kind of thing. Where was security? No, this is the whole thing. Security isn't going to show up because he's your best actor winner. I, so it's fucking, it's obsce- It's it's completely out of control. Now, I want to point out this isn't the first Oscar scandal. Obviously, there's been plenty of noteworthy events that have taken place at the Oscars, speeches that have been given on behalf of all sorts of different political agendas or personal agendas, what have you. And another, I guess, instance of a cultural appropriation that kind of came to my attention recently as a result of all this is in 1973, Marlon Brando won the Oscar coincidentally for best actor right like our boy Uh will smith yep it was like yesterday i remember it Mm -hmm. and this was for the godfather which also won best film that year we'll get to that in a second so this woman uh sasheen littlefeather actually came up on behalf of brando and declined the award and had a very long speech that she offered to read to the press afterwards since there wasn't going to be enough time on air to do it. So while she was up there, basically asked that Native Americans not be portrayed as savages in movies and TV anymore. And, and while she's doing so, she's she's getting applause from some people but there's a it's 50 50 between booze and applause and you're just like jesus christ like could you imagine if people booed that today oh right and legend has it that john wayne had to be restrained because he was going to go up there and will smither <laughs> he was gonna he was gonna ha, go ha, ha, ha. right that would have been fucking terrible the guy that's the fucking playing wild wild west yeah could you right? <laughs> where's the drum roll (laughs) oh yeah i thought i had one of those yeah you did i do have applause i am the worst at this when are we gonna get a sound engineer to run this because we are so busy being funny over here right but yeah could you imagine (laughs) john john wayne a cowboy going up there and actually smacking a native american woman have been terrible but our, it would have been terrible, but like maybe would have ended up on like a dollar bill or something. Jesus Christ, it would have been the first meme. Anyway. Oh my God, it would have been. Later in the fucking show, we get Clint Eastwood presenting the award for best movie that year. And it goes to The Godfather. And while he's presenting it, he's like, not sure if I should give a shout out to all the cowboys out there that died. And... You're just like, what the fuck, man? Shout out to the cowboys. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Seriously. Oh, my God. So. That was a really interesting piece of history, though, because I think, again, 
we like to think that these things that are happening now are a look where society has, you know, gotten to and it's a new day when Will Smith just walks up on stage at the Oscars <laughs> and slaps Chris Rock. I'm like, well, actually, <laughs> is it? I have this coffee cup at work and it's from The Onion and it just says, history size and repeats itself, <laughs> right? Because it's true. Ugh, Jesus So Christ. funny. Speaking of seconds too, not the first, this also just to put it on the record, was not the first joke that Chris Rock made about Jada Pinkett Smith at the oh, Oscars. Oh, do tell. Um, which might be why Will was extra mad. I don't know. <laughs> 2016, Chris Rock, he may have been hosting. think he probably was. And Jada Pinkett, Jada Pinkett Smith, I don't know why I say her whole name, Jada, uh, was boycotting the event as part of the hashtag Oscars So White. And so it was a whole movement. Her and a bunch of other celebrities decided to take a stance against the Academy uh, due to the lack of diversity, right? We've heard this over and over again. Mm -hmm. And so, not to minimize that, but that was what that, that movement was that year. And so while Chris Rock was, I think it was part of his opening monologue, he said, Jada boycotting the Oscars is like me boycotting Rihanna's panties. I wasn't invited. Mm. <laughs> and, and so that was his first dig at the Oscars at Jada. And so Hilarious. maybe this was just a long time coming, right? It was years ago. Jesus. Well, deep-seated. People harbor things. We're still worried about John Wayne at this point. So. Yeah. Can I just know, can I just hit on that the social media reaction to this whole thing is the greatest? Well, I mean, it's the greatest, but it's also kind of like the worst because it's just showing like where we're at and that we love violence. We are somehow going to get caught up in the fucking Oscars over the potential start of World War Three? Like, what the fuck? You know? So, yeah, I agree with you, but it also made for such great comedy. I mean, because he started making trouble in the neighborhood. He got in one little fight. His mom got scared. She said, you're moving with your auntie and uncle in Bel Air. Like, you got can't deny that that- got scared. Yeah. Can't be punching people because your wife's got no hair. You can't hair. deny that <laughs> those were some really funny jokes on social over that. But no, I just, I know we wanted to bring it back to this current event. And I think that's just where cultural appropriation is one of the many that I feel like when it gets, when we get too sensitive and too politically correct, we, um, you know, it, it it tips our scales and everyone has a tipping point. And where do we, you know, end up flipping that switch in such a drastic way? My favorite meme, I think, from all of this was yeah. have you there? There's a classic one of Batman slapping Robin yes. from an old. Oh, yeah. 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 So <laughs> we don't need that one. anymore. Yes. <laughs> Props to Reuters. Reuters got the best oh, action God. shot of of the Will Smith slap. No oh joke. Oh my God, this whole thing is just out of control. And like literally, yeah, it's, it's just been the talk of everything. Like I was listening to sports radio today and Rome talked about it for like the first hour of yeah. the show. Like that first hour. Like, what the fuck? But no, I mean, but I think I'm actually kind of glad if we were having the right conversation and not us here, but anybody that, 
it, it was jarring because it, it was like, wow, that doesn't happen. But it did. And it was live. And you got to see a man kind of break down in that respect from for whatever reason. Because again, we're speculating here. But at the same time, does it spur the right conversation then of like, whoa, under what type of pressures are we putting people to be so politically correct, like I said, or so open or so accepting of so many things that is there some level of, con- you know, contrary to who we are, that if you put yourself under enough pressure, you're going to get to that tipping point. And this guy seemed to in front of, you know, the world. That's where I just get concerned about cultural appropriation because I think, one, it takes away our ability to appreciate. Two, it takes away our ability to be honest because I think that's what political correctness does. Again, we're not worried about being canceled here today because we don't have people who listen to us. If people did, (laughs) the conversation we're having could... Even the AI is just like, whatever. (laughs) Right. We would be... We would actually be probably if we had a huge audience be having a slightly different discussion or we would be more careful about how we have it because of that. Right. The whole Joe Rogan syndrome, they're trying to cancel him every five seconds for everything he says when he wants to just have a dialogue and be able to ask these questions. And as we've established some of the things he's saying, he is copying from us. So I know (laughs) can't wait for him to cover this one, Joe, and get canceled after you listen to this episode about cultural appropriation, bitch. (laughs) <laughs> bitch I don't know T what do we do about cultural appropriation I'm you gonna go get your hair braided Master Chief and cornrows? isn't supposed to have a face I understand you're upset about that I'm just we might have to let that one go I can't I'm not able okay. to I'm, it's not something I can for the sake of those listeners we don't have <laughs> we need to let that one go no, I don't know. I guess I'm trying to figure out what we, what message we leave our listeners with when it comes to maybe think about, you know, be more thoughtful in everything you do, right? Like ask questions about some of those. Like I think there's plenty of things that we do, like whether it's what we eat or songs we listen to, like music we like or food we eat. Did I say that already? All yes. kinds of things. Style of clothes. All of these kinds of things that... Are you fetishizing are, it or are you trying to... Well, we might be doing neither. It. We might be so detached from it that we aren't even... We're just ignorant. And so maybe that's my challenge to our listeners and myself is to stop being so ignorant and start to ask some questions about my favorite foods, for instance. Mine are just animal organs, but I know where those come from. But like for normal people... Ask some of those questions about where particular music, songs, foods, clothes, things like that, hairstyles, all of these things maybe came from and learn a little bit more about them to be able to ensure you're appreciating them versus being ignorant or exploitative, whether it's conscious or not, because I think we're still responsible for our subconscious behaviors. Even fetishizing it. Yeah, it, it, that can be conscious or not because you're just looking at it as something exotic, and you're like, "Ooh." Yes, absolutely. Right. So that that's that's what I'm getting at. So don't don't do that. Don't do it. <laughs> so be more concerted. Be more aware. Unless ask it's more in questions. the bedroom, because apparently everything's acceptable there. Uh, <laughs> you can Will Smith your partner in the bedroom. <laughs> no, no, I don't get done. Only, only <laughs> if she asks you for it and she hasn't used or the he. safe word. 
Or he, right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's good. On our next episode, safe words. If we're not canceled, yeah, safe words. If we're not canceled by then. Safe we're going to talk about the origin of safe words. Safe words and... And what makes a good safe word? Oh, Jesus Christ. Herpes. Where's the dinger? Pineapple. Where's the dinger? Oh, I just found a safe word generator. This was... That, that was what you told me the safe word was, Damn it. See, this is why I'm not good at safe words because I never have to use them. Yeah, I never have to use them. Tamagotchi. Tamagotchi. My Tamagotchi's dying. What? Oh my God. We have to talk kids though. Why, why, why people have children. I had some other stuff that I wrote down as well that we need to hit on. There's, there's, there's all sorts of different things. Um, one of them was those fucking flags, those goddamn fucking police and, and and firefighter flags the those things really get under my skin okay so we've got a whole like teeing off episode to do but i think and the bullpen we should we should oh and the bullpen yes so we've got a ton of they don't we have we have a whole list of of episodes coming your way Thank you for not can we're basically telling you our whole list so you know why not to cancel us after this cultural appropriation episode because there's so much great content right. coming forward. Yes, unlike so, the focus, the Halo series. <laughs> focus on cultural appreciation and what was our other one? Acculturation through integration and try to avoid that cultural appropriation. That's all I got to. And try to not get those all mixed up. Write it down. And if you need help, go back and listen to this episode <laughs> multiple times because I'm sure it won't confuse you at all. Right. So if you care to interact with us, uh, follow us, subscribe, leave a comment, whatever, you may do so on Instagram at the Dick Francisco or on Twitter at I'm Dick Francisco. You can find me on Twitter at CTS Terry or on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, wherever you listen to podcasts by searching for the Catch the Sky podcast. Again, be sure to hit that subscribe button when you land on our page and you will have access to all of our weekly content, including these exciting upcoming episodes. And Dick, anything else to say on this uh, this Will Smith situation before we wrap up? I mean, sweet Jesus. I'm still all about Big Willie style. <laughs> Only in the bedroom. The Fresh Prince never done, right? He's just out here being gangster as fuck, I guess, still. Uh, Jesus. <sighs> well, until next week, thank you for tuning in and keep trying to catch the sky. <laughs> <laughs>